Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. I have Sonia back with me today, which means that we've been sending messages back and forth for the last two weeks since we filmed our last episode, and I have a wild amount of topics for you today. First on the agenda is Danny Austin's new podcast, De-Influenced. We've talked about, we've talked about the de-influencing thing and how misunderstood it is as a trend on social media, but we both listened to the first episode. I also started into the second episode and we have a little review for you here today chatting about if it's actually de-influencing that she's talking about, if she's just pushing consumerism, how we feel about the whole premise, etc. Um, then we're diving into UGC. Uh, again, this UGC. We Last episode, we talked about UGC. It was a little bit spicy. We got a little bit of hate on it, but we need to bring back this topic. We need to talk about it again because it's just getting more and more and more popular. Then we have a segment about which platform is actually best for sales. What do you think? Is it YouTube? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is Instagram dying? Is YouTube the new Biggest platform to be on. We'll break it down. And then finally, we're talking about AI. You've probably seen chat GPT in the AI world. Every marketer ever is talking about it right now and how you should be using it for blog posts, for your content, and even now for your images. So let's get into it. Hey, Sonia. Hi, Harley. What are you liking on the internet right now? Okay, right now, per usual, TikTok has taken this trend. So, you know, Lizzie McAlpine (laughs) is well known for her ceilings song. And if you don't know it, you have to look it up right now because it's true main character energy. Yes. Um, I haven't felt that main character since like the full Olivia Rodrigo album came out, I think. (laughs) Since the full album. (laughs) Since the full album. Um, It's a great album. uh, Yes. This is bringing you true breakup angst. And I love Mm. how many variations are happening on TikTok of people lip syncing to the song and then starting the running motion and letting their dress out into a long veil. And I've seen a lot of really funny ones, but the one that I'm hooked on right now is a tiny Yorkie puppy that is jumping for a piece of toilet paper and (laughs) finally grabs the toilet paper at the dramatic chorus and starts running through the house with the toilet paper trailing behind. I can't. The timing. Petey and Tallulah. Petey Petey and Tallulah. Tallulah. Dogs on the internet. I can't. Uh, (laughs) I love this trend though. Me too. And I also saw it, um, you know, the um, bananas, the guy who the guys who are the baseball team, the minor league baseball team that do, do so much TikTok. They also are you did talking one. about the one. Are you talking about the one where they um, bury mm-hmm. themselves in the sand? No, they did this ceilings trend where one of okay. the guys is like running through the audience and then he is untucks his shirt and he has a yellow gown underneath the shirt and it rolls out behind him as he like runs out into center field. 
also a fantastic iteration. Love that. Okay. Let me let me call out my favorite right now. Okay. I don't know what, what I don't know what this season of me really liking men on the internet is because we normally hate men on the internet. No, I'm just kidding. So true. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> but it's these I don't know if it's a fraternity or like if it's just these guys doing their thing, but mm-hmm. it's them all buried in the sand, like okay. up to their neck in the right. dark, flashes on, and they like lip sync to various things. <laughs> I have not been served this in my algorithm. They're okay. they're called the underscore Johnson brothers. Get Prepare yourself, Sonia. Uh, I can hardly wait. I'm going to make her give you her live reaction. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) What? Just picture it. Picture 20-something-year-old boys. It's true bro vibes. It's true bro vibes. I mean, they even use their empty whey protein bottle as the drum. I can't. It doesn't get more bro than that. But I also just want to know who who pitched this idea. It was like, okay, listen, we bury you up to your shoulders in the sand. And then we make a music video. (laughs) Everyone's buried. Everyone's buried. You can only use your head. This is going to be a TikTok sensation. Go. (laughs) I just, I love micro niche TikToks that really have barely any opportunity to monetize. Like, how are these guys monetizing? No idea. Like, they're just in it for the fun. They just want, like, there's no, and I love that about TikTok. But I think that's unfortunate. No, 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 no. I hate that about TikTok. I think it's so unfortunate. I think it's so unfortunate. This is actually a great topic. I'm glad we got here because I... I just hate it. I hate that you can have a huge following and there is no potential for you to really make money. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I hear you. Any Like every hobby does not need to be a moneymaker, but also like you're putting so much time and effort into it. Then you shouldn't be putting that much time and effort into anything that you don't honestly love anyways, whether or not you're getting paid. Like these people thought of legitimately the most niche, insane entertainment idea. There's no way when they were thinking of this, they thought like, okay, but in the future, how do we monetize it? I just, I but think they it's should have. Pure, create, pure creativity. No, not everything has to be monetized. Pure okay, creativity what, and fun. No, they can do a you know, you know that those boys want more from it. Like if they have a million followers yeah, on Instagram, want, let's just, or not yeah, a million, they, let's say uh, on TikTok. If they have a million followers on TikTok, you better believe mm-hmm. that they're like, can we do something with this? Can we like do events? Can we do I feel like they something? just want to get laid. They just want chicks. They don't care. They just like want girls to know that they're popular on TikTok. They don't. I think you're it's wrong. Like clout. We're in a, we're it's in a clout. recession. They're, you're wrong. <laughs> But they're in college. They're well taken care of bros. Like they don't need anything. I'm sure they were like Budweiser sponsor us. Like, great. And Budweiser should sponsor them. Could Bud Light should sponsor them. Could be those next uh didn't Budweiser have those singing frogs? The, those th- I have oh, no you're too- idea. Okay, not to be that person, Don't but you're too, too young, young for this. <laughs> yeah, you're too young for this commercial, but it's three frogs on a branch and one their ribbit spelled out Budweiser. It was like Bud. Mm. Why? 
sir. And it was three little, oh God, Google it. You know what beer brand did some stellar content around the Super Bowl though? Hmm. Bud Light. They did a ton of influencer marketing to their own commercial. They had creators remix their own commercial and basically Mm. recreate it. Did you see this? Mm -hmm. No. Okay, go watch it. Then we're (laughs) going to talk about it. This is very cute. I hope they got paid a lot. This is adorable. So what what do you think of that? What do you think of that of creators remixing a pre-existing reel for marketing material? Marketing genius I mean, or weird weird attempt at virility or trend creation? I wouldn't say either one. I don't think it's marketing genius. I believe that we've <laughs> seen like similar things before. Like I wouldn't see that and be like, "Oh my god, what an idea. I never thought to do that." But I think it's smart. It's savvy, for sure. It, and it's well executed. I like it a lot. I I really appreciated it. I I yeah. I mean, you know, I love Costa Mayer. So you love them. I love them. If, if Costa Mayer ever hear this ads. podcast, Harley wants to rep oh, you so badly. Do. I want. She's I, your number I, I'm, I'm your number one right stand. <laughs> number one stand over here. Well, I just I just think that anytime they do. Um, sponsored content it's so creative it 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 so seamlessly fits into their stuff and that's where I that's where I so I I appreciate it it's great if you like it like it all right Sonia you know what we need to talk about we need to talk about Danny Mm. Austin and oh lord de-influenced her new (laughs) podcast Uh. Danny Danny Austin is the if you don't know who she is she um originally I think she grew a following because she lost her hair and she had this whole journey of wearing wigs and dealing with self-confidence and blah 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 Mm -hmm. now she's kind of a mommy blogger but she also started the brand Divi which is a basically hair scalp health kind of Uh brand they do shampoo conditioner a serum something like that correct and she started a podcast, and it's called De-Influenced. And we both listened to it last night. And uh, how many minutes did you make it in? I made it through one episode, but that's because oh, I God. was driving by myself for two hours. So I didn't mm. have a lot of options of other um, pieces of content to listen to. <laughs> and Harley said, listen to this right when I got into the car. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm dedicated. Yes. Yeah, so it's a podcast, her and her husband. You know... <laughs> Okay, here's one thing. Immediately, I hated it. Immediate hate. However, upon further reflection, I think <laughs> it's an interest. I think she just used the word de-influencing wrong because in the intro, I think that's of, my issue. Right? She's using de-influence at a time where the word de-influence is a trend, but we're talking yeah. about the idea of not promoting more products, discussing how consumers can consume less and right. be more thoughtful about our partnerships. And she and literally else. has herself on the podcast <laughs> cover holding 12 different items. Products. Yeah. Um, but in the intro, she talks about how she has been on social media for over a decade as mm-hmm. an influencer, and she sort of lost what her real self is like Mm -hmm. and the first episode they talk a lot they answer some audience questions about the influencer industry so I feel like the word de-influence in this scenario is more like demystifying 
influence. Mm. Like she's trying to to peel away the influencer and get to her actual self. They talk a lot about her real quote unquote personality, their mm. real quote unquote life versus what people may assume. And I do think that's an interesting idea, I guess. It's again, it's not groundbreaking, fine. I um, I get it. I get it. But it's not the but correct I also use of de-influence. De- it's not the correct use of de-influencing. There's a whole lot of mm-hmm. consumerism behind this. And I also mm-hmm. just think that, you know, if you're going to trademark de-influenced, which she has applied for. What? To push, to pu- yes, no. to push consumerism. Like, it's just, it's not the definition. And mm. I think it's unfortunate. Agreed. I think it's further perpetuating that influencers are tone deaf. It, which, it's I mean, not- she, she's been canceled in the past for being tone deaf. For, for hashtagging yes. Black Lives Matter on her pregnancy announcement, which, I mean, they yes. did a whole episode. Her whole second episode is about the experience of being canceled. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, and her husband also in episode one talks more about um, how you have to be so sensitive about what you say on the internet. I'm like, well, you almost have two uh, million Instagram followers. Like, it's not just everyone has to be so sensitive. Yeah. It's like two million is a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the questions is like, do you think everyone's just sensitive? And the response mm. was really weird. And he was like, well, I just think that, you know, 2% of the population is sensitive and 2% yeah. of 2 million is whatever amount. And, you know, mm. if all of them are in your DMs or uh, telling brands sure. that you shouldn't work with this influencer because X, Y, and Z, then you have this this bias that you're creating mm-hmm. because those are the voices that you're hearing. Mm, I don't yeah. know. It it felt it felt off for me. It felt like they didn't they didn't understand. Sure. I mean, I haven't gotten to that episode yet, so I will have to circle back on my commentary. Mm-hmm. But definitely it also feels toned as just in episode one, where she talks about this idea of de- she explains what de-influencing is, which was, mm-hmm. you know, not a great explanation, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. And then she talks about how it felt so freeing that she could openly critique products. And she asked her community mm-hmm. what she should purchase at Sephora and that she would like give it a real review. I'm like, okay, what? Like that just, again, implies that you're giving fake reviews. I'm not sure. Um, And she talks about that she tries a concealer that everyone is raving about and she says she hates it. And then Mm -hmm. come to find out one of her close friends on Instagram who also has a million followers loves that concealer. And she goes on to say that she was so scared that it would ruin their friendship. I'm like, I'm sorry. Pump the brakes. You're telling me there's a world that exists between women where if one of you likes a concealer and the other does not like the concealer, you may break up as friends? Right. That's not a reality I live in. That's that's not a reality that I live in. The other weird part about that conversation was that her her rationalization for, oh, she was cool about it though. Like we talked about it later and like yeah. people were tagging us in each other's post was, oh, she's very mature. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Is that mature? <laughs> Same. And I, uh, you know what? I, I went into this conversation and I was like, I don't want to talk shit. Like I don't want to talk shit about Danny Austin. And she had this whole spiel about like my haters can't, they can't operate without me. I can't operate without them. Like, 
at this point, is this a ploy to get people to talk about me? No publicity is bad publicity, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And so I'm kind of like, uh, I don't even want to, I don't even want to fuel the fire. But I just so think because we, I know, because we just talked about this, we just talked about the de-influencing thing. I just mm-hmm. think this is such a poor example. This is such a poorly, poor, poor way to spread this concept. Agreed. I want to say it's not, I don't really know Danny on a, well, definitely not on a personal level, but not on a content I, level. We even. know her personally. No, I know her personally and this sucks. No, uh, I don't know her And her our friendship might be over. Well. <laughs> we don't I like honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't really know the rest of her work all that well. So as an influencer on a whole, I can't really comment about her. I think that this is a specific conversation about the word de-influencing and its use mm. as a commodity on this podcast. It could right. have been done by any influencer. I don't care sure. if it's this girl or anybody else that has a big mm-hmm. following that decided to snag up a hot topic and use it mm-hmm. to their benefit when they are completely unaware. Yeah, I was really looking forward to listening to these episodes. Like it's funny because mm-hmm. I saw the podcast title come out and I was like, oh, great. Like, I'm going to follow this girl. I was like pretty entertained by her content and then jumped into this episode and was like, "Mm, I just get all bad vibes. Like, this just feels off-putting for me. I saw a lot of um, fellow influencer marketing types on TikTok talk about this as well. And Mm -hmm. it was all in a negative nature, which is why I was not even going to listen to the podcast until Harley was like, you have to listen to this. So then I did. But um, I said, Sonia, do your homework. (laughs) She's like, get on this. I don't know. I just have to say, I let's end with some positives about it. I did express some positives to you. One was, I think that they are clearly aligned as a business couple. They talk a lot mm-hmm. about owning businesses together and how to organize that business flow and yes. how to diversify their streams of income. I thought that a lot of that was very smart. Starting this product yep. company, they have a real but estate kind of business. To, yeah, you just have to pull back the muck. Like yeah. I think within the first 10 minutes, she was telling us about her favorite self-tanner. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, de-influencing. De- <laughs> yeah, I know. But <laughs> once, you, once you get to the heart of it, like I was kind of interested, like they gave They gave a a take on um, verification badges Mm -hmm. for everyone and that you can buy it, which, I mean, they are Mm -hmm. verified. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, You and I both agreed. They both have a system as a couple, Mm -hmm. as a a married couple that we both love. Basically, they do a red light, green light, yellow light system of how much input do you want to give on this project? So if it's a red Mm -hmm. light, it's – which one is it? It's – I don't need to give red. any input. It's the other way. Yeah. So no, other way around. But I explained this to my boyfriend and he was like, I feel like it should be the other way, which I also agreed on. Red light. Okay. In their system, red light means that you get to do whatever you want. I'm saying I'm red and I don't care. And mm. then yellow is I want to be in the loop, but not make all the decisions. And green means I want to be at the table for every conversation. Every call. Yeah. Every yes, conversation. Correct. And he said in response, okay, that's a good system. But to me, it makes more sense that green means I'm giving you the green light. I'm giving you the green light to do whatever you want. (laughs) Yes. But okay, you get the gist. You get the gist. Yeah. The reason that I loved it was because they were saying like, it also 
negates your opinion or your ability to say anything if you say yes. this is a was it a we're just yeah. gonna say red light if it's a, yeah. if it's a red light we're gonna do the system the right way not the wrong way <laughs> kidding um <laughs> if you say it's a red light whatever means you don't want say on it you just want your partner to go you mm-hmm. don't get to comment on the result you don't get to roll your Correct. eyes you don't get to say anything later like yes. you get to be stopped in your tracks because you said red light Yes, I it's think positive comments. It's positive comments only at the end. And I thought that that was an excellent rule to have. And I honestly think that this works for any relationship, business, mm-hmm. romantic, any type of partnership that involves tasks. I think yes. talking about this is the task that we have on the table. Like, how involved do you want to be? Like, mm-hmm. this is a great system in advance because they talk about how on an influencer trip that they planned, which I also told Harley I thought was a great yes. idea. They planned an influencer trip where they actually just took customers quote unquote, mm-hmm. just real people, not not influencers on the trip. And Danny had wanted to be extremely involved in the trip. And her husband had thought that she wanted to be more out of the loop because she was very pregnant. And mm-hmm. so he was doing a lot of the decision makings without making without checking in with her. And they got into a huge fight on the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think talking about that scenario in business, as well as in a relationship, was really interesting to me. And I, mm-hmm. I thought that was a very positive takeaway in terms of that they were being honest, that they really struggled on that trip as a couple and as a business partnership to find success. And I actually extended their trip, they said, um, right. to talk it out. I think the other thing you brought up was the fact that they did use, quote unquote, real people. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. I think it's an excellent marketing thing, especially, you know, we talked about everything with Tarte Cosmetics and their Tarte trip and mm-hmm. how I think that's wonderful marketing as well. But for a brand that cannot afford major names, that really mm-hmm. is about grassroots community, especially in those early years. I think you can learn a ton and get amazing brand advocates from people who purchase or are early adopters to your product. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's essentially what they did. They took consumers on their first brand trip to Mexico, I think, I think it was. That's, I think that's yeah. so amazing. I, I totally agree. I think that that's really smart. And it brings back this concept of like what UGC really is. Oh, I'm, I feel like we need, I need to talk about this in the next segment. I'm, I'm ready. I'm spicy on this one. All right, Sonia, we're not even going to, we're not even going to pause on that. I need you to tell me about your thoughts on UGC, like right, right after this Danny Austin thing. How are you feeling about UGC right now? I know you have some strong feelings. I just need to take the floor for a second. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. I don't understand what is happening in marketing right now. And I have an inkling that it is because the amount of marketers that are of the under 30 age range is much larger than everybody else Mm. in the industry. And that's not shade to those people. But if you've been in the industry for a longer period of time, you recall a portion of time when there was just Instagram. Instagram Mm -hmm. stories had just released. We were gifting influencers, but paying them very occasionally, only the top tier people. And what was happening was that the masses had adopted Instagram, just your regular peeps. They were going to the store, purchasing popular products, and posting them on their own personal Instagram stories. That Mm -hmm. is the origin of UGC. UGC stands for User Generated content, not content creator generated content, not somebody who creates content for a living. That's just content. 
user generated has to come from a user. So when I worked in operations, I was also managing a, a like natural foods kind of mm-hmm. cafe. And so I would always get vendors coming in and giving me free snacks. So whenever I got these massive boxes of wild snacks that I was supposed to be trialing out, like this is a whole full circle moment. Love it. <laughs> I I used to take these pictures and like post them on my story and me and another one of my coworkers would compete to try to get reposted onto the brand's story. And at at one point he got so annoyed because he was like, why do you always get reposted? Like you don't even have to try, like you just get reposted every time. And I was like, "Mm, hair flip because I'm good at this. (laughs) That is real UGC. And okay. That's UGC. it's slightly different because you were gifted it, but you were gifted it just but as a regular not, consumer, not like right, as, somebody as a regular who wanted consumer. To. Correct. So, I mean, even the deeper core of that would be if you went out and you bought the snacks and then you were at the beach having right. a picnic, you took a picture of the snacks and then you tagged the company, mm-hmm. which still happens to many people. However, number one, we've talked about this on the podcast before, I think last year, UGC is just getting out of control as a quote unquote career. There's no such thing as UGC. I'm just saying it now. Like UGC is not a career and it is not its own section. You're just a content creator. You're a photographer. You're a videographer. You create content, period. And maybe you create content that includes your face or maybe you create content that doesn't include your face. Maybe it looks like you're using the product. Maybe it's just the products themselves. All of that is just content, period. And it's existed for years and years and years. As long as we've needed content, it's existed. User generated means that a user purchased it and they generated the content without being paid or prompted. End of story. Yep. yep. And we we got some hate from our UGC live reaction video because we I did. mean it was it was very blunt. It was, you know, was we harsh. were laughing at yeah, it was it was a little spicy. We were getting pretty feisty about these videos, but I think that's really why is like it's it's gotten so much hype. It's gotten so much hype. And you know what we get turned down for every time we offer it at the agency? UGC. <laughs> I was talking about this with Aaron on episode 75, our account manager. And mm-hmm. every single time we offer UGC, no matter if it's like part of the equation or like to give a discount or whatever, mm-hmm. they don't want it. Weird. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. I, I also got an interesting perspective from an influencer recently um, mm. from my lip service membership. She texted me and she said, I have rosacea and I created some videos on my TikTok that are going viral and I'm getting more well known mm-hmm. for having rosacea. Should mm-hmm. I continue my path as an influencer that is representative of the rosacea community and talks about these, you know, more niche subjects? Or should I continue my UGC career? And I was like, wait, what? How are these different things? So should I continue my UGC career? Because the one brand partnership I got, and this is going to make you cry, they put a filter on my images that I submitted to them because I didn't have the right type of skin. And literally the way my heart dropped, I was like, number one, I I wanted to send her literally the longest note back. And I told her, please continue on your journey. 
because there is nothing more valuable than a community that trusts you and identifies with you. And if you've found that community and other people who are struggling with rosacea, that is way more lucrative than creating content for brands. Secondly, please never work with a brand that is willing to put and edit your face in final content. Like that's so awful. And I'm really sorry that you had that experience. And she had justified it too in her, in her text to me, she justified, she's like, I mean, I know they're trying to sell good skin. I'm like, your skin is good skin. Yeah. Uh, That's so I felt so bad, but the core of that really is that she, that both are the same career. Like you can still do both. Like an influencer is a creator, is a UGC quote unquote creator. It's the same. It's the same. The following just makes it more expensive. And the struggle that I'm having is that anytime that we are asked for UGC specifically, it's, Mm -hmm. well, we want to pay $25 per video, full buyout. We want to pay $50 per video, full buyout. And it's like, oh dude, do you know anything about the the photography world? Do you know anything about the content production world? Because yeah. clearly not if you're asking for – it was – here. Here's what it was. It was a client that has a very – she has a master's degree. She's a doctor. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. like – she has a specialty. So a doctorate, mm-hmm. not a master. And she – this brand wanted her, her to make $25 per video or mm-hmm. if she posted them on mm-hmm. their feed, like basically was their social social media manager, she would mm-hmm. make $50 per video. What? And What? Yep. And I uh. responded and I was like, I uh, can't really do that. To be completely transparent, her rates more align with – you know, 200 to $250 per video. We could do a package of five for a thousand. And I even think that's pretty low because she has a pretty big following. And they responded pretty immediately and go, well, she's not reposting, but, or she's not posting on her page, but thanks for letting us know. And I was like, yeah, I know. This is just to have the content, bud. This is not- This is not yeah. reposting on her feed. What do you think it costs to repost to a hundred thousand followers? Because it ain't. Agreed. It ain't two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's I think two thousand. This is what's happening with this like steamrolling of like UGC is its own thing. I, people I think are it's offering packages down. that are yes. People are offering it's packages watering that down are how much so cheap. Yeah, so cheap, and then the content that comes back is you know, okay. Or some people I'm sure are really great, but hopefully they're charging more. But it's because people who are just getting started see dollar signs. It has real vibes of like, I'm doing it so you can do it too. Earn this 3000 extra dollars a month of income and you'll never have to worry. I'm like, I don't, that's not how it works. How many projects are you doing? Are you doing 30 projects? Like that's a lot. That's exhausting. How much can you do that? Yeah, a, a content creator that sees content as a full-time job, whether that includes influencer or not, has tools. They have mm-hmm. maybe an upgraded camera. They have mm-hmm. lighting. They have backdrops. They have so many other things. That is not a cheap investment. And that is the level of content that brands should be wanting. They mm-hmm. shouldn't want a, a, you know, a can of soda 
on someone's front porch. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they do. Maybe there are startups that need that, but it shouldn't apply as a blanket to everyone. And yeah, this sub genre of content creation just really gives me the ick that these people, if they're honing their craft to create content for brands, that's wonderful. But they should also wonderful. be building a build a community at the same time, you know, uh, add value to this because it takes a lot mm-hmm. of effort. And yes, mm-hmm. like monetizing the community is what charges more at the end of the day. That's how you make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I worry for people that are getting sucked into this category of content creation. I just think if that's the norm, $25 to $50, and people are saying yes to that, that's that is not the terrifying. Norm. Like you are watering down the industry. We need to be pushing not only the fact that you can do UGC and you can make these big bucks, but also, hey, wait, you should be charging $200 sure. per video Yeah, I without think the usage. New- yeah, I would say the norm that I am seeing is anywhere from like 150 to 250 per video. Yep. Um We're and totally then of course aligned. package rates. I think that's what I have been seeing and I think that that makes sense and then the upcharge for posting it has been a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um but of course I think that also depends on how many followers you have, all of right. that good stuff. So that's right. that's what we're seeing folks. Ugh, I hate to scream at it but UGC is not a thing. It's just content creation. It's you just, just content you creation. Content. You're, you a, you're a content creator. And also mm-hmm. just say it with your chest. You know, you are an influencer. Can we just say that? Sure. You're an influencer. That is not a big, scary, gross thing to say. Own it. No. Own it. <laughs> say it with your chest with a period at the end. I know. I couldn't even believe that it was a question if she should go after what is making her go viral. Like, yes, that means that there's a need. If you are going viral for a subject that is connected to you personally, not some joke, not some weird random thing, but something that is truly connected to you personally, that is the green flag that you should run Mm -hmm. in that direction. Do more. Yes. Yes. Run. Sprint. Sprint that direction. You're doing it right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I hope this helps people and they're not pissed off at us. Harley, I found the most interesting statistic recently that I sent over your way from one of my favorite publications, which is beauty oriented, but I think it applies to everybody, Glossy Co. Um, mm-hmm. They said that according to a recent study, 42% of brands and retailers see Instagram as the top social platform for conversions, according to their Q1 2023 survey. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I just, <laughs> I'm so tired of people saying that Instagram is dead. It's not dead. It's not dead. I recently None of these started apps are to. Dead. Yeah, I recently started to refer to the big three <laughs> as, mm-hmm. um, of course, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok and YouTube, YouTube or YouTube yeah. Shorts. Yeah. Um, ten out of ten. And I think that though that's where people should be spending their time. And if it feels right, perhaps sub YouTube for Pinterest, depending on what Mm -hmm. category you're in. Depending, yeah, depending on how you feel about your content, because I've also Mm -hmm. talked to a ton of creators, not for YouTube shorts, obviously, but for YouTube capital Y, Uh (laughs) long form videos. Yeah. Uh That are like, I, this is taking so long. This is a whole new skill set that I need to learn. I know these can Mm -hmm. be five minutes. I know they don't have to be 20 minutes, but wowza, this is a lot of effort. 
It is for sure. I recently started to get into YouTube shorts. I'm posting there. I'm advising there Mm -hmm. a little bit. um, And I see the synergy across the threes and I don't see why people wouldn't be planning to post on all three. Yeah. Short form video people, short form video as a brand, as a creator, you have to master short form video. That is where we are. I mean, people are still loving the carousel. They still love the still image. That's wonderful. Ooh, they are but loving the carousel more and more each day, though. Loving the carousel. Oh, and Text I recently on the saw carousel someone... is my favorite thing. Yes, I am, Harley I am has leaned loving in. it. She has leaned in on it. <laughs> I have more engagement on my carousels than anything else. It makes sense. It makes sense in terms more of the way follows, that they're used. More more um non-followers reached wow that's wonderful well my reels are i looked at this the other day my reels are getting like 200 views outside my followers literally 200 ouch yeah rude Rude but i mean my followers i mean some some of my followers are seeing them but Mm -hmm. my carousels are outperforming everything by a lot so i mean yeah. All this to say, Instagram is not dead. Do not pull your dollars Instagram's from Instagram. Do not pull your focus from Instagram. Yeah. If you want to convert, whether that be conversions on affiliate links, other partnerships that you are doing, or if you're a brand and you have conversion for shops, products, etc., you still need to be on Instagram. There is no other mm-hmm. platform that shops better than Instagram. Mm-hmm. I recently bought two things direct from Instagram instead of going on to the brand's website i mm-hmm. purchased directly through the system so and love you know i'm that. skeptical i'm skeptical I love so that. if they get me it's happening you know i think that all of these platforms have their have their gold stars you know like mm-hmm. tiktok yes you can make a product go viral and like sell it out but what happens after that what happens after that like it that's that's a slim chance anyway then mm-hmm. can you keep up with the production? Are you actually mm-hmm. going to have continued sales or is it just that product? I, I think yep. there's so much more consistency in Instagram. Absolutely. Um, and there's just a longevity of shopping. The, it, mm-hmm. the consumer is more used to it and there's been a slow trickle into trust in checking right. out on on that app. So that's why right. I think it's really still pushing. So you heard it here first, people. Do not abandon your Instagram Do account. not jump ship. All right, my final topic for you is all of this stinking AI that's coming <sighs> to mm-hmm. everywhere. I don't know how I feel about it. I think Artificial every marketer ever is like, yeah, mm-hmm. scare it scares me. Everyone everyone that I'm seeing in the marketing world is like, chat GPT, I love this. This is great. I can make so much content. Blah blah blah. blah. And I'm like, this is too many robots taking over the earth. I hate it. <laughs> I think it's so interesting. I keep getting serviced this uh, Instagram ad that is like, use AI for your marketing and you know, all this stuff. I'm like, no, I will not. I am the marketer. Get out of here. I really don't <laughs> like it. it. It makes me very, it, it makes me nervous and not, not yeah. because of robots taking mm-hmm. over the earth. Like that's not really what I'm saying, but like, because the internet or all of these AI machines are basically mm-hmm. scanning all of our stuff that's being put out into the world. 
all of yeah. your content that's on Instagram, all of the the whatever that's online, it's scanning all of that to build its its nuance and its knowledge base and its ability to answer your questions. It really is wild. I, you know, as someone who's always loved innovation and tech, I see both sides. I see it as kind of scary, kind of creepy, but it's also so interesting, so innovative. The way that brands can use this, the way that marketers can use this is, Mm -hmm. you know, you can really blow it out of the water. I saw one of my favorite brands, um, Glow Recipe, on TikTok asked chat GPT to make them uh, their own song about a new product that they were launching. And then they played the song inside TikTok. It was so funny. just like such a weird, quirky thing. Um, I thought it was such a great way to be relevant oh and my use God. it. Mm-hmm. And so it wrote them a little song. <laughs> I saw a DJ use it to combine songs the other day too. And it was, it was like a banger. It was great. Yeah. Oh, I gotta look into that. Um, but yeah, it's also at the other end, like a little bit scary. Like this could really yeah. replace a lot of the creative ideas that we can't come up with fast enough. Um, right. And it could also help people who are not actually all that creative make it seem mm. like they are super creative. Right. <laughs> They're right. faking it. I, I think <laughs> it's a it's a weird place to be. I mean, I've even I've seen automations, I think it was Google that can mm-hmm. now do AI generated uh, emails in like Google Whoa. Sheets and they're specific to the person. So you'd be sending individual emails out from this list of Google Sheets, which is amazing for sales because it's just a touch point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a whole sales funnel cold pitching situation that you could be wow. using. Is it, does that still count as scammy? Like, is that, is mm. that gross and over salesy like yes but you'd hit numbers so i don't know know. it's like this weird over productivity i'm like send me into the forest i'll stay there alone (laughs) (laughs) i mean for me the one that's the scariest is and the more most relevant to my industry is the one that you sent me was which was Uh. this was prequel app prequel Mm p-r-e-q-u-e-l the app you send in your image um, and you send it a little sketch or a little creative brief, if you will, of what Mm -hmm. you actually wanted the image to look like. And it literally just photoshops you to exactly the position, the lighting, the everything. And it looks insanely good. What? The premise that they used in the marketing was if your boyfriend takes really bad pictures of you Mm -hmm. put your photo into this app and then we can spit out like a good picture of you which I think is so weird um but it's funny because I sent that to a I sent that to a friend um Uh when I sent it to you who's also in the marketing world and she was like oh my god I just did this I just actually bought new in quotes headshots for $17 from an AI company, which I think is actually, I think this is so genius. And she's getting them done for her. She's getting them done for her husband too, because he hates, he hates all of that. Doesn't want to put on a suit ever. Probably doesn't even Mm -hmm. own a suit to be honest. And she like, I think she put inspo pictures next to a picture of her and it created Uh these beautiful, fun photos of her um, with her hair done like a cool way that I could never do oh myself. My and like, 
you know, yeah, in these all of these cool scenarios. And they looked yeah. exactly like her. She was going through yeah. them on her story and she was like, eh, this doesn't look like me. This doesn't look like me. And I was like, girlfriend, that looks exactly like you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think, oh, it really opens up some weird weird doors just like that new bold glamour filter on tiktok yes that you can touch your face and it doesn't move i that threw me not only is it just weird for the industry and weird for body image issues and so many other things but the technology like Mm -hmm. who developed i need to know about the person that developed that filter like, this is an AI race that we're in. It's really wild. AI race. How well it does. And I saw a video of this girl who was essentially making a full mockery of being a catfish and was mm-hmm. like doing everything that someone might ask someone to do to prove that this is what they really look like. And what she did was she had the glamour filter on and she was using a makeup wipe on herself. And because it's so seamless, she was doing the makeup wipe. So underneath the filter, of course, she's not wearing any makeup, but the filter makes her look insanely gorgeous. So she uses the makeup wipe and she's putting it all over her face and then she shows it to the camera. And of course, the makeup wipe is clean, but you can't, there's not a single glitch in the video. So she looks like she's naturally this beautiful. I'm like, this is... Can I just say that I I love catfish content. Like, I love (laughs) when girls do that. (laughs) So funny. It was... I was just like, whoa. And also, I just had a son. I'm like, what am I sending you out into this world to experience? What what did I birth you for? (laughs) What did I birth you into? I just... I, I'm so not even ready at his turning six months old to tackle the AI conversation with him. Right. <laughs> like, she might actually not be real. <laughs> Among all the other real. topics we have to talk about, I also have to prompt you that she may not even be real. Right. This might be a whole, what is his name? Monte, Monte Teo situation, the Who's football that? player that had a oh, catfish girlfriend that didn't win mm-hmm. the, the football award. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Heisman? Yeah. Oh, my You got gosh. it. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Uh, the world we're living in. But it's also so interesting because the technology behind what builds this is mind-boggling. It's like, hello. Right. So this is our question to you. Like, how do you feel about AI? Because I think we're both, mm-hmm. you know, on weird, like we're, we're not on either side of the fence either. Not yet. Not yet. And if uh-uh. you've done something with AI, either um, something that's copy based or something visual yeah. like this prequel app, I want to see it. Please DM it to us. I want to know what your experience right. was and how you liked it. Send me the wild photos. Because, I mean, we all did the mm. – what was that app that was so popular, uh, I don't know, three months ago, where everyone was creating their little um Oh, like their avatars. weird avatars. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that was because I didn't do mine. Whatever but that app was. You did yours. Yeah. I did mine. I did mine. And mm-hmm. all of mine were atrocious slash – they were either atrocious or they looked like Florence Pugh, which I will take. <laughs> I love Florence. I will. So do I. I love her. I will hands down take that compliment. I will not. I will not fight you, but it didn't look like me. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Jury's still out on AI. Do you have any other takeaways? 
No, I'm just excited to see where it goes in the future and it what type of regulations we will put on it. I think there's been regulation discussions for so long, but now Mm -hmm. I truly feel like we're at a tipping point where there needs to be regulations put on filters um, and these and these apps. There needs to be something that's happening. I know there's always a workaround for people, but. I really hope that there are more regulations put into place. This is this is a very interesting I, I didn't I my brain didn't automatically go there and I mm-hmm. totally agree because I I think it's so wild that 2 years ago we were looking at Facetune and mm-hmm. editing your body in a picture and mm-hmm. now it's you can edit your body in a video very very easily very very easily with a couple of clicks it's not Mm -hmm. hard and that's so unfortunate truly the fight goes on the fight goes on the fight goes on on the internet (laughs) yeah right we'll leave it at that let's go team wrap it up um Go team! Well, we hope that you love this episode of Brand Meat Creator. As always, Sonia, thank you for finding time in your new baby life to join. If you love this episode, please rate it and leave a review. We so appreciate it with all of our hearts. And until next time. 